0: Read a passage found in 2 Peter chapter number 3. 2 Peter chapter number 3 verse 17 and 18, which are the two last verses of 2 Peter. 2 Peter 3, 17 and 18. You therefore, beloved, since you know this beforehand, beware lest you also fall from your own steadfastness. You know, one of the things we pastors have to worry about is those people that are stable and consistent and active in the faith, fallen by the wayside too. And Peter reminded the early Christians of that. Being led away with the error of the wicked. Here's the verse I want to camp out on for a few minutes, verse 18. But grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. To Him be the glory, both now and forever. Amen. Let's pray. Our Father in heaven, again, I want to thank you for your word. Thank you for these who serve here and work here, especially for Dr. Parker as he's the new kid on the block. Continue to help him as he leads Mississippi Baptists in difficult days. Thank you for your resources, for your Holy Spirit, and, Lord, for your total support for us as believers. Help us, Lord, to grow in the faith and in the knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ, our Savior, in whose name we pray. Amen. Church growth is something that Mississippi Baptists are good at helping churches with. Our Mississippi Baptist Convention uh, has a division of ministries that will help individual churches with church growth. And uh, they do a good job of that. But what about individual growth? What about the individual Christian? Ultimately, it's your responsibility for your own spiritual growth. Pastors have a part in that. Sunday school teachers have a part in it. Parents have a part in it. But ultimately, it's your responsibility. And I see people sometimes that seem to be satisfied with their own walk in the Lord. In other words, I'm doing okay. But I, I bet many times if God was the one doing the judging. He'd say about my life and maybe about yours, I'm not quite satisfied where you are. There needs to be some improvement. There needs to be some growth. And in every Christian, I believe there needs to be a strong desire, a passion to grow. Uh, I remember when I was a little boy, I'd go to my neighbor's house, and every time I'd go, he'd say, Rodney, stand in the door. First time I didn't know what he wanted to do, but he'd take a pen and he'd mark off my height in the door. And he said, that way I can see how much you're growing each year. In other words, he was interested in my physical growth. Kids like to look in the mirror to see uh, how much taller they are than last year or last month. And I think it's one of the things we can learn from children, a passion and a desire a deep desire to grow, but in this case, to grow spiritually, to improve, to mature, to make progress. And sometimes as older Christians, we lose that edge. We lose that focus. And Peter was concerned about these Christians who are being persecuted and spread out that uh, because of the influence of false teachers, that they would be led astray and that their Christian growth would be hindered. So every one of us need to mature. And we need to understand that it's our responsibility to do that. Now what should be at the root of that desire? What ought to be the driving force? Number one, our love for the Lord Jesus Christ. We ought to want to please Him. We ought to want to be like Him. And then another thing is obedience. The Bible tells us very plainly that we're to grow. As a matter of fact, in the first chapter of 2 Peter, I want to read Tell you what he told the church that was spread out in verse 5. But also for this very reason, giving all diligence, there's a passion I'm talking about, add to your faith virtue, to virtue knowledge, to knowledge self control, to self control perseverance, to perseverance godliness, to godliness brotherly kindness, and to brotherly kindness love. For if these things are yours and abound, you will be neither barren nor unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. For he who lacks these things is short-sighted, even to blindness, and forgot that he has been cleansed from his old sins. So all through the scriptures, we're encouraged to grow in the faith. But sometimes as ministers, sometimes as teachers, sometimes as leaders, we forget the fact Because we're trying to lead other people to grow and to help them to grow that we're not growing ourselves. Especially if we've been in a ministry a while or if we've been in the faith a while. But Peter summarizes the whole book of 2 Peter in verses 17 and 18. And he basically says that the point of the book is Christian growth. And he tells them exactly where they need to be growing. In verse 18 he says you need to grow in the grace and in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. Every one of us need to grow in knowledge. We need to add to our faith and what we know about the Lord Jesus and what we know about the Bible every single day. We do that through the text. I hope every single one of us has a daily quiet time where we read through the Bible. And I'm pretty sure that most of us probably who work in the ministry do that. But I want to ask you, do you have any kind of plan for memorizing the Scriptures? Not just to read it, to teach it, but for your own spiritual digestion. For your own spiritual growth. The verse that I've tried to memorize this week in preparation for this was that verse 18. But grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. To Him be the glory both now and forever. Amen. But not only do we grow through the text, we grow through teachers. I have the opportunity this morning hopefully to teach you something and in church our Sunday school teachers and pastors who teach are very important to help us grow in knowledge. But Peter in chapter 3 reminds these Christians beware of where you're getting your knowledge. Beware of who you're listening to teach. Uh, When I was in seminary there was a very well respected theologian and, and preacher and man of God who got off on a tangent and began to teach a doctrine that was not biblical, that was not Baptist, and he he clung to that. And because of that, eventually he was let go from his uh, professorship at Southern Seminary. He began to be teaching false doctrine. So even though there's somebody you respect, even though there's somebody maybe you've listened to in the past, continue to check what they teach and they preach according to the Scriptures. We need to grow in knowledge. But he also says we're need to, we need to grow in grace. Christ is the source of grace. We're saved by grace. But grace is not static. It needs to continue to grow and to be active in our lives. I read a, a, a piece by a commentator who said... Uh, The commentator was J.C. Ryle. He said, I speak of a man growing in grace. I mean simply this, that his sense of sin is becoming deeper, his faith stronger, his hope brighter, his love more extensive, his spiritual mindedness more marked. He feels more the power of godliness in his own heart. He manifests more of it in his life. He is going on from strength to strength, from faith to faith and from grace to grace. That's a pretty good definition I think of what Peter says here when he says we need to grow in grace. Jesus said in John fifteen five, I am the vine and you are the branches. If you abide in me you can bear much fruit for without me you can do nothing. So we've got to, got to be connected to him to grow and to produce fruit. Now, we know we're supposed to grow. But what is the process for that? How does a person go about growing? Number one, you got to plant healthy stuff. Greg Smalley tells about the fact that he looked out his window one day and he sees some weeds beginning to grow in his grass. And he said, well, I, I don't want these weeds growing in my grass. And so he goes to a hardware store and gets a weed killer. He goes and begins to spray the weeds in his lawn. And his wife says, you can tell everywhere you spray because it killed the grass. And and so he goes back later, gets some more weed killer, begins to spray it. And finally his wife said, listen, Greg, if you don't stop that, you're going to kill all our healthy grass. It's time for you to get professional help. Us guys know how it is when we mess up things and we just go right to the source and listen to what our wives tell us to do and then things begin to roll in the right direction. So he goes to a professional and he tells the professional, hey I got these weeds in my yard and he tells him what he's been doing and listen to what the professional told him. Greg you don't need to kill the weeds. You need to make sure that the grass is healthy and the grass will choke out weeds that's true for us spiritually if we'll just read God's Word meditate on it memorize it apply it to our own lives and practice it it'll choke out the sin it'll choke out the bad teachings in our lives that's what Peter was telling these Christians if you'll grow in the grace and knowledge of the Lord all this false teaching won't affect you. It won't distract you. It won't detour you. You'll stay on the right path. So we need to plant healthy ideas in our heart. Beware of those false teachers and those teachings. And then we know that the scriptures are essential to grow, and that's where I think it's important for us to immerse ourselves in God's Word. Years ago, I had a church member, an older lady, and one day I went to visit her in the afternoon and she showed me her Bible and in the back of it she had a lot of marks. You know how if you're playing dominoes or something you'll mark points. She had a bunch of them in there and I said, uh, man, what is this right here? She said, that's the number of times that I've read through God's Word. And at that time when I read that, I'd probably only read it from cover to cover one time in one year. But after seeing that, I said, Lord, if this saint of God can do it, I need to be doing it because I'm teaching it and I'm preaching it and so every year I read through the Bible from cover to cover. I use the open windows plan to do that and hopefully that keeps me immersed in the Scriptures. There's no replacement for the Scriptures. It's the daily water for our roots and we need to take it in every day. And then there's service. We grow through service. We know what the Scripture teaches but how do we apply it? How do we let it change our lives and other people's lives? We do it through our home, serving those in our homes. We do that through serving at work, the people at work in Jesus' name. We do it through serving in our church. Remember, Jesus said that the greatest should be a servant. I had somebody that modeled this uh, to me in a great way. Dr. Don John Temple, who's uh, retired right now. He- finished his service in Meridian uh, at Poplar Springs Drive but I remember when I began to serve with him on staff and I saw him get up one day at the senior citizens meal, he wasn't eating, he got a tea jug and went around filling everybody's glass up I'd never seen a pastor do that, I'd never done that as a staff member and he he didn't say anything to me, I just watched him and he showed me that he had been studying the scriptures and just like Jesus he was going to be a servant But you know, I I talked to somebody this week and I asked them, what do you think are the ways, the process to go into Christian life? And they mentioned the scriptures. Another person mentioned service, but nobody mentioned this. Suffering is a way to grow in the faith. Peter wrote this to Christians who are being persecuted. And right now, you and I are living through a pandemic called COVID-19. There's a lot of suffering in the world. But suffering is God's fertilizer. It slows down busy people who are too busy to read the Word, who are too busy to pray, who are too busy to do the things that will help them in Christian growth. Suffering will also humble, proud people who think, I'm satisfied with my own spiritual growth. I don't need to add anything. I don't need to change anything. Suffering will also give compassion to people who are distant to those Suffering. I like it in Philippians 2 10 when the Apostle Paul said, That I might know him and the power of the resurrection and the fellowship of his sufferings. We need to grow in grace and knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ. I don't know what you do for a hobby, but I've always loved basketball. And I used to go out with my pastor when I was on staff as a young college student and shoot free throws. Uh, the, The best free throw shooter in the world is not in the NBA, he's not in college, as a matter of fact, he's not even a young man. His name is Bob Fisher, he's 62 years old, and he's a soil conservation technician from Kansas. He said, I never was a standout athlete, but he said, I used to play recreationally until I was 44. A few years later, I got in my 50s. I started practicing free throws every day in the local gym. And within a few months, I was consistently making more than 100 shots in a row. Now, how did Bob Fisher do that? He said it's all about preparation, and it's all about practice. My friends, ladies and gentlemen, this word will prepare us, but it's up to us to put it into practice. Now I want to encourage you to go and grow. Lord, thank you for the opportunity to share. ask your blessing on all those who work here for you, that they'd be a servant and they'd be a growing servant. To your glory we grow, and to your glory we pray. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you very much. Off camera now. Yes, sir.